it's time to go turbo on harmless phosphorescence. Everybody. Welcome to Harmless Phosphorescence. This is your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I'm pretty good at being alone. But I'm not. <laughs> Who's joining me this week? <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I haven't blown in 16 years. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and my fingers emit liquid energy. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber, all caps, so you know I'm serious. <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's a podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, and we tell you all about it. This show's brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron, too? It's easy. Just go to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We've got uh, Star Wars miniseries. Uh, we got some holiday shows. We got music stuff there. We do a monthly movie where we just uh, pick a random one from random years. Um, so, buck a month is all you need to get started. Head on over and check it out. Uh, this week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we're watching Max Steel. Fresh start number nine. No more moving around. I promise. And we have a new student, Mr. McGrath, Max McGrath. You're not Jim McGrath's son, are you? Why does everybody in this town know more about that than I do? You knew my dad. I need to know about his work. Your father was working to find a way to harness energy beyond anything that mankind has ever attempted. He was right on the edge of a breakthrough. My name is Steel. What? You speak English. Max! My mom is coming. Is my mom dangerous? No, no, oh, come on. Cool, cool dance. You gotta clean, you gotta clean in here, bud. Did you do this to me? No, Max, your father gave you these powers. I'm just here to show you how to use them. Let's get started. Max, you can use your energy in many different ways. You can run faster. Be stronger. And I haven't even shown you the best part yet. What? This is awesome. You're welcome. Max? Sophia. You okay? Yeah, uh, just really late from my, um... Okay, yeah, this is boring. <laughs> my Zumba class. The girl appears to cause increases in heart rate. Perhaps you should avoid contact. Perhaps you should shut up. See, she has made you angry. The Ultralinks are here to destroy the Earth. And your energy is the only thing that can stop him. Time to suit up. Coming in hot, Max! I can't believe I'm doing this. You have to learn to control these powers. Go right. Let's go left. No, let's just go straight then. Okay. Go, go! Run faster. So much faster! Your father believed he can save the world. It's up to you now, Max. Now, go turbo! You okay? Yeah. Two more bruises than usual. 
Max Steel, uh, <laughs> released October 14th, 2016, with a running time of 92 minutes, cost $10 million to make, and it took in $6.3 million at the box office. They lost some money on this bad boy. <laughs> I How much did Andy Garcia power. make? Uh, yeah, yeah, of that $10 million, I'm pretty sure $4 million was Andy Garcia. Probably. Yeah. He, he's legit. Yeah, but I also don't know what the fuck he was doing in this movie. Oh, same here. Getting paid. That was it. Well, yeah, but I I wasn't referring to him in this, even though he is a bright spot. But yeah, he is. But he's also also doing giving a crazy performance where he's half phoning it in and half just like chomping the scenery to pieces. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyways, uh, speaking of the box office guys i think it's time we play the box office top 10 game Luke, can we guess where this one opened yes guess everybody guess okay uh um, who wants 11 josh says 11 brian 17 17 al i too was gonna go sub top 10 um <laughs> uh 15 15 josh gets it it opened at number 11 dang wow. on the money yeah um, okay. <laughs> it's that tacky on energy, Josh. Yeah, it is. Just It'll get to your right head, around. and then you will explode. Yeah, just, just <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> just to put it in perspective, it only made opening weekend. It only made ooh, about a million dollars more than the Harry Potter IMAX marathon, which was a marathon oh, of all. Uh, Eight, seven, eight Harry Potter eight. movies on IMAX screens only. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Serve me up. That's a weird yeah, thing to compare it to, but yeah, it's not a lot of fun. viewers. Well, because it's that was that number 13, so it's right there. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Who <laughs> knew that uh, 11 year olds had that much money? Yeah. Make a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. Max Steel opened at number 11. And at number 10. Ooh. Oh, you're, n- you're not going to read the uh, Oh, the description of Max Steel. All right. Yeah. So Max Steel's box office mojo description. The adventures of teenager Max McGrath and his alien companion Steel, who must harness and combine their tremendous new powers to evolve into the turbocharged superhero Max Steel. Now available at Toys R Us. <laughs> Maxwell Steel. Oh, my Lord. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so at number 10, Nat Turner, a literate slave and preacher in the antebellum South, orchestrates an uprising. 12 years a slave? No. No. Oh, the other one. State of Jones? No. This is, this is, uh, it's named after a very, very old, very, very famous movie, which I assume it. Oh, is this like Song of the South? It's called The Birth of a Nation. Oh, that's. Oh, right. The Steve yeah. Ma- is that his name? Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen. And he's a designer. Yeah. yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, at number nine, when a pilot lands his damaged plane on a river. In order to save the passengers and crew, some consider him a hero, <laughs> while others think he was reckless. 
Oh, this isn't Sully. This is the one with- No, it is, uh, it is Sully! It is Sully! Wait, people think that he was reckless? <laughs> yeah, he got criticism because that's- yeah, He saved everyone's life way. on that plane. I can't I think of another pilot. What else was that. he supposed to do? The plane's going down. What else was he supposed to do? Yeah. It's like, if there is time to be reckless. <laughs> He's like, yes, I was reckless in that I avoided a complete wreck. Right. <laughs> there was no time to, yeah. What is, well, okay, what's the no Denzel time, dude, movie where he's a pilot and he does. Oh, Denzel? Not, yeah, what is that movie That was, called? um, um. Oh, what was that called? It was uh It's, it's a great movie. The it was that's a Robert Zemeckis film. It was um Yeah. It was his first live action one since like like um I, What Lies Beneath or something. Have have um, you guys seen that movie? Not to completely distract us on an airplane thing, but Denzel is like high as fuck on cocaine yes. and has been drinking all night, like drinking liquor, and he wakes oh. up and he's all bleary eyed and flying the plane. Right. And something goes out, and he has to flip the plane upside down, yeah. <laughs> right. land it safely, that. and like the the air traffic or the the guys who investigate after airplane crashes, they're like, "How did you even do this?" And he's just like, uh, "Cocaine, one hell of a drug." I don't know. Like, <laughs> I called... love. Sorry, it was is... called Flight. Yeah, oh, I, I love that movie so much because of how bonkers that scenario is, and the fact that he like flips the plane upside down speak a uh, bit, bit of a tangent <laughs> i just found out this week that john uh john david washington um is denzel's son you didn't know that i didn't know that Dude. like washington washington is a, washington's a common enough last name that uh, it does, he's I, the protagonist in tenet in tenet yeah and he was in um oh. black Klansman, but yeah um mm. Yeah, I, after learning that, I was like, oh, you can hear the voice completely. Yeah. Well, and that's the only way to make new actors is to literally make new actors. <laughs> yeah, no one gets hired anymore unless their parents have been in Hollywood for 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, coming up at number eight on the box office top 10, after his principal destroys his sketchbook, Rafe and his best friend Leo decide to destroy his book and break every rule in the school's code of conduct. <laughs> Attica. <laughs> oh my god. Proportionate response. Film? What was that, Al? I said, is this a Nickelodeon film? It actually might be. Good question. Um, wow, who's in this? Um, uh, Saved by the Bell, the movie. <laughs> there is nobody I recognize in this movie. Um, wow. Uh, it's called Middle School, the worst years of my life. <laughs> Everyone's. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I was close with Attica. Middle School is basically yeah. a prison. Basically, As yeah. far as the attitudes and vibes. <laughs> Um, at number seven. Okay. Um, having moved on from delivering babies to packages, um, when an order for a baby appears, the best delivery bird must scramble to fix the error by delivering the baby. Storks. storks. <laughs> yes, yeah, storks. How did you all know of this movie? <laughs> I... I I didn't know it existed, but that would have been my guess also. Um, I haven't seen it. But... I That's did, a movie? I did see it because, um, what, 2016? Uh, Jude was seven years old. 
Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. You're uh, like, this is how babies are made. Let's go see a film about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was very like, storks deliver babies. And I was like, you've never seen a Warner Brothers cartoon, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things like that. Yeah, like, it's so weird. Storks? Like, that's the bird that delivers baby? Like, where did we come up with that? <laughs> where did it come up? Somebody one day saw a stork that had picked up a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a stork stole a baby one day. And they're like, yeah. Stork. Stork. Maybe a stork yeah. stole your baby. baby. Like, I didn't eat that <laughs> baby. It definitely delivered it to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that comes from German folklore. Weird. I didn't even huh. know they oh, had the storks story. in Germany. Uh, it's uh, German folklore held that storks found babies in caves or marshes and brought them to households in a basket on their backs or held them to <laughs> On their back. Weird. That's really weird. <laughs> Very German, though, when you really think about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Stork Stork found a baby in a cave. Found a baby in a cave. Santa has a racist friend named Pete. Like, there's a lot of German shit. Isn't that? I thought that was the Dutch. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Um, there are a few iterations, but yeah, I think the yeah. Dutch is the most famous. Schwarte Pete. Okay. Yep. At number six, a group of gunmen from a variety of backgrounds are brought together by a vengeful young widow to protect her town from the private army of a destructive industrialist. Silent Hill? No. This is a remake of a pretty famous film, which in itself was a remake of a Japanese film. Magnificent Godzilla? Seven. Magnificent Seven. Yes. Oh, yes. Good. The Seven yes. Samurai. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, number five. A dramatization of a disaster with, of a, an offshore <laughs> drilling rig exploding, resulting in the worst oil spill in American history. Starring Mark Wahlberg. The wall. Yeah. How much How much Bud Light does he drink in this fucking movie? All of it. <laughs> what was the first line of that description? A dramatization of a disaster. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's the oil it's spill. Dramatic enough. Yeah. What is it called? Uh, it wasn't BP's fault. It was <laughs> oh, human uh, nature. Deep, deep. Deep Horizon? Deep Water Horizon. Deep Water Horizon. Yeah, that was in the, you know. Yeah. These motherfuckers spent millions of dollars dramatizing... An oil spill? <laughs> yeah, an oil spill mm -hmm. that was completely avoidable. Yeah. Like... And expected, at the yeah. very least. You're dealing with crude oil. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're drilling at the ocean floor. Like, guys, that's not going to go well. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, uh, number four. When Jacob discovers clues to a mystery that stretches across time, he finds a school. But the danger deepens after he gets to know the residents and learns about their special powers. Huh. This is a YA uh, fantasy film uh, based on a YA fantasy series. Jacob is the character. Jacob, yes. Um, I know Jude was read the book and liked this movie. Um, it Maze was, Runner. It was oh, Tim Burton film. I think he just no, not Maze Runner. 
I think Tim Burton just produced it. I don't think he directed this thing. Um, it's uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's most homes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, number three. A comedian performs in front of a crowd of 53,000 people at Philadelphia's outdoor venue, Lincoln Financial Field. Stand-up comedian? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the entire description. If I told you the name of the film, you would just, or if I told you the, which comedian, you'd just know the name of. Yeah. Um... Uh. It's a it's a stand up that's uh, also an actor. He's good friends with The Rock. Oh, Kevin Hart. It's called yeah, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. What now? <laughs> Opened at number three. A Kevin Hart stand up. Um, that explains why freaking uh, this movie opened at number 11 and not number 47. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this week was a real slow week for movies. Yeah. Um, at number two, a divorcee becomes entangled in a missing persons investigation that promises to send shockwaves throughout her life. Gone Girl? No, no, but... I, a, Jada, a Jada Pinkett story. <laughs> you had yeah. entanglement. Uh, um, uh, I vaguely remember this. I don't think I actually saw it, though. Um, it's The Girl on the Train. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That is that movie. Yeah, I can visualize. <laughs> and opening at number one. This better be good. <laughs> or you're all fired. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to disappoint, Al. As a math savant uncooks the books for a new client, the Treasury Department closes in on his activities, and the body count starts to rise. This is that Matt Damon movie. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, oh, no, no, no not Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Oh, it's Ben Affleck. Oh, God, even sure. worse. Ben is this Affleck, the accountant? Yes, starring Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, and John Bernthal. The accountant. He's an uh, accountant who just kills people. Yeah, yeah, he just kills people. Like, <laughs> so maybe he's a hitman that does math? I think we need to switch <laughs> those up. Ben Affleck is uh, more believable as Batman than... A math savant. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, wait. Wait, Matt Damon played a savant in Goodwill Hunting, yeah, Good and then Hunting. Ben Affleck played a savant in The Accountant. It's how, it's how Ben Affleck fucks with Matt Damon. Matt Damon's like, really, Ben? Really? Yeah. He's going to play a spy who wakes up in a lake someday? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched The Last Duel, Ridley Scott's most recent oh, picture. Oh, that was a good movie. In medieval France, but... Bennett and Matt are both in it, and they have the worst, like, 12th century haircut. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ben especially. <laughs> that Ben Affleck haircut is amazing. Those haircuts were like done by the same dude. person who gave uh, Hawkeye his haircut in Endgame. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm just distracted by what's going on on top of your head. Totally. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah, last yeah, last duel was. Didn't one of them have bleached hair? Also? That was Affleck. It was Affleck. Yeah, it was a Caesar do, but it was bright blonde, and so was his beard. 
Now, obviously, blonde people, but it was dyed looking. It was hydrogen yeah. peroxide looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that is the end of the box office top ten. Uh, this movie was not based on a comic book, so Al, I'm giving you the week off, buddy. Unless you just want to talk about some random comics. Archie, uh, Archie was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, totally. Um, Gem and the holograms. There actually, so there actually was a comic book. Oh no! Um, created. I don't think. Hang on. I I've got more information was, on that. It, was it promotional or did it precede? It was promotional. Yeah, it was a promotional yeah. comic yeah. book. Uh, released in 1997. Distributed as a free 12 page comic book titled take it to the max to introduce the character <laughs> to max. um so this was uh concurrent with the release of the toys i believe yeah the first line of toys yeah that's kind of cool though to release a toy and a comic book at the same time yeah a, yeah. a free comic uh, book for i assume kids at yeah. toys r us would like be able to pick it up on their way out or something it was consistent with uh, Mattel's practice of doing so with like the twelve-inch GI Joe toys. Um, hmm. So is is right. this a one? What I forget what the scale is on a GI Joe, but is it like a GI Joe sized toy? It what? Well, yeah, uh, I, I'll yeah. actually get to that in just okay, a second in the production. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have anything else on the comic, Al? Uh, no. Oh. Um, let's wait. Hang on. We'll see. Uh, we it, don't have uh, to see. <laughs> like we don't. <laughs> um, the comic consists mostly of two different briefing presentations, uh, supposedly happening at the same time. I love I love comics in, that consist of presentations. Yeah. Um, one at uh, Dread headquarters and one at Entech headquarters. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just so John Dread is the. The, the major um, uh, antagonist for Max Steel, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Not Max and Steel. No, his yeah. name was Max Steel. It being two different characters that combine is actually a late. We'll get into that in a second here. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I got no more. It, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so that, that dovetails nicely <laughs> into the um, origin for this. Um, which actually goes back to 1972. Uh, when the Big what? Jim line of action figure toys was created by Mattel, it was made um, to, uh, it was, Big Jim was the uh, special agent um, analog to G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. James Bond had been very big, so they wanted to make a G.I. Joe, except with um, t- size figure, so it was like the 12-inch. Big uh-huh. Jim. Big Jim. I remember those. Yeah. Like Big James. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like James Bond, Big Jim. You know, it was it was supposed to be G.I. Joe, but actually but a secret agent. Um so in Central and South America, Big Jim was actually known as Kid Acero, which (laughs) translates to Kid Steel. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um and in the 90s, they decided um, that they were, uh, Mattel was trying to come up with a new toy. They came up with the name first, Max Steel. 
which they based on um, the Kid Acero line. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, they were blue sky brainstorming. They came up with this name. They had Kid Acero. They decided to call him, every, you know, 90s. Everything was like intense to the max. Extreme. Yeah, extreme. So thus, Max Steel. Yeah, <laughs> they, it's the maximum amount of steel. Yes. Um, concurrently, while they were developing the toy, they contacted Netter Digital, which was a CGI company. They did all the CGI for Babylon 5. Um, uh, they did the Ro- Dan Dare and Robotech 3000. They weren't an especially... Uh, especially good or well-known or uh, well-regarded <laughs> company. But they, I bet uh, you they were affordable. I bet they were affordable. Well, yeah, Babylon 5, I wasn't a fan of that show, but it didn't look like a powerhouse of special effects. No, um, and Babylon 5 is actually a much better show than it probably should have been for what it was, but that's an entirely different tangent I'm not going to get off in. Oh, Hypernauts, that was their big, big one, Hypernauts. Was the cartoon they did in the 90s. Um, it was created by Douglas Netter, who actually used to be the uh, uh, um, head of uh, um, ooh, what was MGM. He was the uh, COO of MGM for a while in the 70s. Anyways, so um, they contacted them to make a cartoon that would come out at the same time as the toy line. And it did. <laughs> um it was a bad CGI cartoon that aired from 2000 to 2004. Uh, they made a couple straight to uh, Cartoon Network movies as well afterwards. And then in 2009, uh, they started developing a film based on this uh, project. Um, these, these, these were also like 10-inch sized uh, dolls. Um, there were a few different ones. They were all kind of secret agent based. Uh, there wasn't the alien thing. There wasn't the the mech suit looking thing. Um, there was like a surfer guy. And then there was like one in a tuxedo. There was one <laughs> that was like a snowboarder. So like they were extreme max, max steel, extreme to the max secret agent, super young secret agent. Um but then in 2009, they decided to uh, try to develop this as a film. They, uh, they uh, con- originally, let's see, Taylor Lautner, was that the dude's name? Taylor Lautner was um, going to be in the starring role. Now this, <laughs> but he dropped out due to his commitment to starring in the Stretch Armstrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm committed to Stretch Armstrong. I can't be in a different toy movie. Uh, Is Stretch Armstrong not owned by Mattel? Stretch Armstrong um, is Kenner. Oh. And Hasbro. The Star Wars. Yeah. The The Kenner uh, Star Wars story. Yeah. The Pepsi to to Mattel's Coke. Yeah, Yeah, they're arch enemies. Macy's and Gimbals. Yep. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there has to date been no Stretch Armstrong movie, FYI. <laughs> well, when it happens, I'm sure we'll add it to the list. Yeah. Um, they dropped that when in 2013 they started making a new television series, a new 
cartoon. Uh, this one with uh, them being from space and there being the little steel guy and he forms with Max and um, so uh, they they changed up everything and they made started making the little GI Joe sized figures instead of the big uh, big GI Joe sized figures. <laughs> Star Wars action figure size, the the little ones. Um, When that came out, uh, they also decided to go ahead and start uh, production on the film. Um, The film began production in February 2014 and ended production in May 2014. It sat on the shelves for two years before they released it. So um, <laughs> that, they were just waiting for the right week. Yes, <laughs> to get Slip number eleven. Yeah, where they could dump it. Um, it's wow. Yeah, so um, they did not have a lot of uh, of a uh, of a uh, faith in this film. Um, like I said, it made six point three million dollars on a ten million dollar budget. Um, it was, let's see, it was written by Christopher L. Yost, who, uh, wrote The Dark World and has, uh, credits on The Mandalorian. He's currently working, or he's on Ragnarok. He's currently working on The Mandalorian. Um, he's, he's a pretty, uh, you know, well-regarded writer, um, uh, he ooh, he was the executive producer of the Netflix Cowboy Bebop uh, series, which got canceled after one season. Um, but yeah, we've talked about him before on Thor The Dark World. Um, it was directed by Stuart Hendler. Stuart Hendler. Uh, let's see. He also directed Sorority Row. That was a 2009 slasher film. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn which is a straight to video (laughs) CGI movie based on Halo Uh, a movie called Whisper which came out in 2007 that's also a horror film this guy doesn't do a lot of stuff that people like (laughs) Sorority Rose is most uh, uh, successful film um it's film stars Ben Winchell as Max McGrath. Ben Winchell is best known for playing Aiden in the movie Team Teen Spirit. I wonder what he smelled like. Um, <laughs> oh God! Ooh, he is. Does he was he played Dixon Ticonderoga in the series Ant Farm? Uh-oh. The pencil? Yes. Dixon played a pencil. Ant Farm was that a person? Ant Farm is a Saved by the Bell style show from I don't know if it was Disney or Nickelodeon. Uh, Jude watched it when he was little. Um, Let's see, he's done some Law and Order work. Um, He was in oh Necessary Roughness for two episodes. Um, Not. Oh, like, yeah, he's 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 working. He's in a movie called The Road to Galena, but he's not been especially successful. Um, So, yeah, that's what that dude's been doing. Um, Maria Bello. Did you 
I'm sorry. Did you mention my Super Psycho Sweet 16 Part 3? I did not. <laughs> um, but he was in that. How did that not make the list? That sounds like a superhero movie. Mm. Super Psycho Super. Sweet 16? Yeah. yeah. Um, their power I is thought that, losing their mind. Isn't that... That's a... That's a or, that was a reality or, show, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was a reality show. Um, Maria Bello plays Molly McGrath, the mom. Um, sh- she actually had a, a, yeah, a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in a bunch of bunch of stuff. Um, Permanent Midnight. She was in Coyote oh, Ugly, um, Autofocus, a, the remake of Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Um. Oh yeah, she uh, she works company of men. Ooh, grown ups too. <laughs> um. Uh. Currently, let's see. Uh, her last movie was The Waterman in 2020. She's currently in something called The Woman King. She did a lot of TV work. Oh, she was in NCIS for like three years. Law and Order. Uh. You know, she she works. Oh, she played Mrs. Smith in the Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series that it was in 1996. I had no idea that existed. Um, yeah. So, uh, Anna Viafane as Sophia Martinez. Um, she, uh, oh, she played Gloria Estefan in the Broadway musical On Your Feet. She's a singer. Huh. Good for her. Yeah. Um, let's see. She was also, she was in Mozart in the Jungle, a series which I meant to watch at one point and forgot existed. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, she did some voice work in Grant in GTA five. Um, she was in New Amsterdam. Oh my God. She's in the upcoming reboot of Night Court. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a Night Court reboot coming. Uh Dan Fielding's gonna be in it. Um, and then uh Harry's daughter plays Harry's daughter. Wow. Yeah. Is there already an IMDB page up? I don't know. I'll have to check. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. Yeah, but they actually got Harry Anderson's daughter to play Judge Harry's daughter. That's so great that on 30 Rock when they staged the real final episode of yeah. Night Court to satisfy Ken. But Tracy's like, I'm going to be playing Mac in the Night Court movie. And the real Mac is standing there. And he's like, what's that? No. That's right. <laughs> and also he's like, I lost a quarter. Or I found this quarter. And Mac's like, I lost a quarter earlier. <laughs> Uh, speaking of reboots did you guys hear there's a quantum leap reboot being made no yeah quantum leap <laughs> but it would work uh, it, it'll be fine it won't yeah. be as you know you can't compare it to the well, first it's but... i mean it's a modern uh interpretation of something that whack it'll be cool i'm sure yeah or awful yeah uh yeah yeah there yeah there <laughs> I, I watched the first episode of how i met your father and immediately wished i hadn't <laughs> yeah uh our our Good friend Lucille was in that. She's uh, an extra in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, huh. I didn't know that. It was really neat. It was cool for her. Oh, well, good for her. It's still a terrible show. Yeah. (laughs) Not her fault. Yeah. No, not her fault at all. No, she's personally responsible for it being bad. The extras. Uh, um, Andy Garcia plays Dr. Miles Edwards (laughs) 
<laughs> in Max Steel. Um, Barely. Yeah. Um, Andy Garcia. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, he's worked. Um, oh, my God. He was in the first episode of Murder, She Wrote? Hmm. That, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, apparently that was one of his early early roles. He was in the first episode of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, he was in Hill Street Blues for a while. Um Let's see. He was in The Mean Season with Kurt Russell in 1985. Then mm-hmm. The Untouchables. Yeah. That was Good kind man. of his breakout role. Um, he was in The Godfather Part 3, which was <laughs> nobody's it favorite Godfather. Yeah. But he, he does a great job because he sort of takes the role of the Sonny yeah. character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, throughout the years, things to do in Denver when you're dead. Um uh ooh, oh oh god hero remember that movie with dustin hoffman and gina davis um oh yeah yeah the plane crash yeah. yeah yeah exactly um desperate measures night falls of manhattan i mean he's, he's, he's been working for decades oh he was yeah, in oceans 11 he was the bad guy in oceans 11 yeah that's, yeah, that's what i recognize him from most uh, owner yeah he's a good actor he's a good actor yeah well, yeah he, he ends up becoming their inside man slash betrayer in future movies also Mm-hmm. Mm, that's right um yeah he he can play both the hero and the villain and his villains are usually not over the top which is appreciative yeah he yeah usually not um he did star in the 2018 box office darling mama mia here we go again <laughs> um, <laughs> here we go again. here we go again <laughs> yeah um oh and my my dinner with Hervé along with, oh. with Peter Dinklage <laughs> weird <laughs> um did you guys know that um uh uh what's his face the uh uh the inconceivable guy what's his name um from Wallace Shawn Wallace Shawn um, I just saw an interview with him they're making a sequel to my dinner with Andre Wallace Shawn and oh. Andre are making a sequel <laughs> okay yeah yeah, I imagine they had more than one meal together. Yeah, I yeah. imagine so. <laughs> uh, um, that's about it for for uh, Max Steel. There's not much to say, much else to say about it. Um, yeah, uh, you guys it's by the numbers. It sure is. You ready it's to every... jump into the movie itself? Yep. How much it's... did Mattel say they were going to pay us for this? <laughs> not enough not, <laughs> not enough to make me watch this movie twice um <laughs> all right we ready to go turbo unfortunately yes we are al here we go this is max steel we open on a house is this wait before we even open, can we talk about how cool the fucking mattel logo looked right what was up with that <laughs> This felt like it was a prestige Mattel film. <laughs> like they had been doing like this Orson, successfully Orson for 15 years. Well, and, and then they were like, da, 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 here's Mattel. Da, 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 and there were shots of like Hot Wheels and stuff. And I was like, why aren't we, why isn't there a Hot Wheels movie? Like, what the fuck? You're going with Max Steel? Man, they really missed an opportunity with the success of Cars. If that had been a Hot Wheels movie, kids would have ate that shit up. I would have oh. gone to that movie as an adult. Yeah. I love Hot Wheels. Or if there's one in tandem to that. Yeah. And the whole movies. plot could have been like 
a car, a, a Hot Wheel gets stuck inside a person's digestive system. Okay. Well, okay. So wow. I mean, here's the thing. So, so um, my my older son Rain, he was really, really into Hot Wheels as a kid. There actually were a series of straight to video Hot Wheels movies, CGI Hot Wheels movies made throughout the late '90s and early 2000s that were oh, all pretty uniformly terrible, <laughs> but they should have made a big budget, like actual theatrically released Hot Wheels movie. Yeah. yeah, I think GI Joe movies had already come out at this point. We'd, yeah. we'd already probably seen seventeen Transformers films. Yeah, like, yeah, it's weird. And the cars wouldn't need to be anthropomorphic. It could be a situation like a Cannonball Run or or the Gumball Rally. That's but, yeah. um, that kind of thing. And they make so many varieties of Hot Wheels. It would be fun to see characters switch from like an ice cream machine that's souped up. Yeah, right. That, that driving was driving a dump truck. The the CGI straight to video movies were like they were they were kind of like a speed racer. <laughs> like there was yeah. a, a series of races across the country. Um. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we open on a house. Is this in Florida? Because it seems swampy and everything's very warm, um, but also it's called Copper Canyon, and there's definitely not a place in Florida which you would ever name Copper Canyon. That sounds like an American Southwest kind of place. Yeah. Where Uh, Copper is mine. Where Copper is mine. And there's canyons, because there's not a whole lot of, like, big canyons in Florida. No. It's almost below sea level. Name, <laughs> naming a place. It looks like Greenbow, Alabama to y- me. Yeah. Greenbow. Yeah. Um, it's weird because um, I did watch a little bit of um, both the first episodes of both the um, TV shows. And the first TV show bears no resemblance to us whatsoever. But the second one is does have a place called Copper Canyon, which is in a big Grand Canyon-looking place somewhere in the desert in the Southwest. So correct me if I'm wrong. Are they moving into a house at the beginning? This is they're the moving ha- into their childhood home. This was his childhood home. Yeah, this was okay, his so childhood home, and they're moving back for the first time since 1999. So that's not how houses work, unless they still owned it the whole time. I would yeah, assume they, they had it. to have. Otherwise, yeah. none of that makes any sense. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I did, I'm glad they addressed it, but I was going to be like, they moved to a new town, but yet her husband's company just luckily is in that town. Yeah, no, no. They they moved back to the town yes, that he was born in. in. Does, doesn't he find something in the house to establish that it was his childhood home? There's a Finds bunch like of a stuff. Mattel product or something with there, his name written on it. There's a bunch of stuff. There was his bedroom with the stars. There was oh, the his stars. baby pictures. There was um, a calendar which said 1999, <laughs> thus telling us they hadn't been there since 99. Like there was a ton of stuff in this that, like, like they left everything they owned basically. Right. Yeah. So and then, like, so many people, so many people saying your father was a good man. Your father was a good man. Why Your father was a good man. Yeah, why why was he so famous in this town? Does he w- drive around the town being like, "Hello everybody, I'm the scientist. I'm good." He like provides jobs. That's right. kind of how I read into their their him being a good man thing. They're like capitalism is great. Thank your father and his ghost for our jobs. Okay. Yeah. Um that was how I literally I was like, was I don't noble. know how else to read this cuz he was a secret alien. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert. Yes, he was a secret <laughs> alien. Um, so, all right, we meet Max McGrath, who for a split <laughs> second, I thought they said Mark McGrath, and I was like, the lead singer yeah, of Sugar Ray? Sugar Ray. 
They were clearly inspired by this guy's name. He's like, put your arms around me. I always thought that was the coolest name as a kid. Well, and then at the end of the movie, the captions started, you know, it said, M-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-H-A-P-A-S-
I assume it's love. I don't know. Yeah. Why is he a good guy? And why do the other... He's al- a rebel. There's, there, my unanswered questions about the aliens, like, so, okay, if he's an Ultralink, and the other Ultralinks can control the weather, but they don't have to be parasitic to a whatever Max and his dad are, they can just fly around and fuck shit up. Well, and they're huge. No, no, they're little, but they make huge oh, weather yeah, things that's... that they're a tiny thing in the middle of. Yeah. Just like Wallace Shawn. Yes. <laughs> they are the Wallace Shawn of aliens. <laughs> Alien invaders. I think Steel's power was to harness accidental sarcasm. <laughs> oh. oh, I forgot to mention Steel. It's the, all around me. The voice of Steel. I forgot to talk about him. Um, the uh, in the oh, cast, the I completely Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. Jo- uh, Josh Brenner. He played Big Head in Silicon Valley. That was what he's best known for. Um, well, and it's obvious that they wanted a plucky comedic, you know, actor for that dynamic. But he was the best they could get. Yeah. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way Jack Black was used back in the day and stuff how, like that. How far down the list was he? And how far down the list was Andy Garcia, like of people that they wanted to have? Oh, God. In this yeah. Movie? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just FYI, um, this guy, Josh Brenner, he's going to play Donatello in the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, uh, CGI movie that's coming out he, like, this year. 35 Shut years old. <laughs> yeah. It's CGI. Like, we don't have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, thank God. But can't we get like some teenagers to play teenagers for once in our lives? Nope, never gonna happen. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, fifty-three-year-old Johnny Knoxville was a turtle. Yeah, man, they're turtles. They're also <laughs> teenagers. Let a kid play this role. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we get a title card. Max rides his bike to school the next morning. On the way, he checks out the old abandoned science mill. <laughs> So at the beginning here, there was some Karate Kid Danielson like vibes. You know, he's not cool enough to have anything more than a bike. He's a nice guy, but he's awkward. Well, and they he friends the cutest girl, and they keep showing old kung fu movies like in the background of him. Like there was a weird mm-hmm. thing with like martial arts going on that never paid yeah. off. Yeah. Um, I I will say up to this point in the movie, I was kind of surprised at the cinematography of it. Yeah. It looked way better than I had initially given it. Like I was like, Oh, it's going to be awful from beginning to end. It was very well shot, but that's all we we arrive at the science mill. Um, (laughs) there's an overhead drone shot. And I literally, I, I, I watched this with Jeremy friend of the show. I said to him, this feels like a Marvel movie. Like I know we're not far enough in to make any real judgments, but stylistically at this point, they knew what they wanted to do with the beginning and the origins and stuff. Like yeah. they set up all these questions, which would have been great to pay off. But man, somewhere around here, things really went off the rails. Well, yeah, and like the 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 oh my god, the meat cute, like all the tropes, like oh, with the meat. No, cute. And every superhero trope. Not just superhero, like yes. like every movie trope ever. Like the That's girl, true. like I'm good at cars because because my dad taught me. Like that Which does bullshit. not pay off at all for the story. All characters no. should drive story like a hundred percent, and none of that happens in this movie. She fixes at all. his bike. That's the closest yeah. we get. 
Um, a kid who grew up without a father and then starts to develop powers when he's a young teenager. And then they had the in the bedroom, like, hold on, hold on. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, practicing and learning powers. It just Every single trope you could ever imagine. Yeah. The, the girl is, to me, a huge disappointment in the storyline. So it would have been great because there's a lot of time where we don't see the suit. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and we'll get to that as there are times where we see it. We don't see it. We see them connect. They don't connect, which could be done narratively and make sense. But she's a perfect example to have like, we got to get to the cute girl so she can maybe fix steel for me mm-hmm. so that I can wear him again. Yeah. At the end of this movie, instead of 45 minutes of him not wearing the suit at all. Yeah, exactly. He barely wears the suit ever. Well, and the girl, like, oh my God, like, what? She, how damaged is she that she thinks this, this, this dude who clearly has mental issues from her perspective is a right. viable boyfriend? Like, well, oh my God, he denies her advances. So she is now chasing. <laughs> it's a really weird characterization for this character. It I, really is. She, I could not for the life of me understand why this girl would be into this dude. It's a teenager written by a committee of grown men. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, yeah, he gets hit by her in her truck. Um, she offers to give him a ride home since his bike got messed up in the accident. It's so weird him not being able to like there was multiple scenes of him not being able to like hear her or understand her right. And I couldn't understand thematically what that was about. Uh, He's just staring off into the middle distance, you know, he's going reliving traumatic experiences in his head, I guess. But like that. He's like, I wonder if my dad was a good man. Yeah. (laughs) That, but then like her banging on the window later on and him not being able to hear her through the window, like. It's a weird ongoing theme that didn't pay off in anything thematically. Uh, I know why, though. Tachyons, obviously. <laughs> yeah, tachyons. <laughs> uh, so she, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. In school, he discovers his dad was locally famous for being a real good scientist guy. Then after school... She takes, picks him up, takes him back to uh, her house. She introduces herself as Sophia. She fixes his bike for him, and then he does a weird thing to the radio. They flirt. He goes home. Yep. I deduce that like his boners interfere with the radio. <laughs> his boners this like an antenna. This, yeah. Well, because he has liquid energy coming out of his fingers. And the other things. Happened, I thought... Does that only come out of his fingers, or oh, does that no. come out of everywhere else? Oh, like, oh no! It comes out of anything finger shaped on him. <laughs> finger shaped? That's not creepy. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um. So, uh, at home, he finds Miles Edwards, his dad's old science partner, with his mom. Miles now runs Entech the company they co-founded. Meanwhile, at... Uh, Were they... They were intentionally making it look like Mom and uh, Andy Garcia were uh, an item, right? Yeah. And that was their secret? They were like, oh... Their secret was that his dad's an alien. Yes, but they were trying to obfuscate that by making it seem like she was fucking Andy Garcia. Like, we don't want him to think he's an alien. Let's just make him think that we're fucking each other. And we betrayed his father. (laughs) And killed his dad. Yeah. (laughs) And he also, like, 
gives a little shout out to Spam. Yeah, for so did Spam? And it wasn't like in a bunker situation. Yeah, but that didn't go anywhere. Pantry. Did Spam pay for product placement? Because he says, "Oh, it's great. It lasts forever, and then it doesn't come back." Yeah, there were so many weird little <laughs> things that were set up, like when he runs into that kid in the hallway, and the kid's all weird to him, and they do like picking up, and I thought, "Oh, that's going to be like the best friend sidekick kid that he's yeah, going to bounce." He's going to save him in a pinch or something. Or yeah, yeah or like he's going to be the, the man in the chair. Like they, it seems like they were setting up a character, and then they just weren't at all. Um. Yeah, there's a bunker underneath that house, and we do not revisit it. I'm wondering how much of this movie got cut out. Like, like I feel a like there was. Things, a, yeah. I feel like there was a lot that made that didn't make it on screen that they shot or wrote or something. Um. So, uh, meanwhile, in some sort of vaguely science type looking place, a weird thing in the water wakes up and starts shooting out blue light and busts the place up and breaks out of the building. The science type guys also have some gun shooting type guys, and they say it hasn't been active for 16 years. I, I thought this was really cool. The the foreshadowing of the thing erupting from the the, the bubbling blue water that was a cool looking effect. And they, cool. Yeah, yeah, they didn't linger on it too long in the beginning, and it made me curious, and it looked cool. Yeah. And then it ends with him flying out of the thing, and uh, Fantastic Four. Or fantastic dooming a uh, room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of the film craft of it, like the way things looked, the editing, all that kind yeah. of stuff, wasn't terrible. But yeah. until the there end of the first act. Mm. After the first act, the whole thing falls apart completely. It really does get, yeah. Nothing so, looks good throughout the back half of this movie whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It gets pretty bad. Yeah. Um, back at home, Max and his mom have dinner with Miles. Um, Miles tells Max that he was there the night his dad died in a science accident. <laughs> he tried to save him. <laughs> but the power goes out. Miles gives Max his card, offering to let him see Entech anytime he'd like. Max Googles his father's accident, apparently for the first <laughs> time ever. Um, discovering it was attributed to a big tornado which destroyed the lab. Then his fingers start glowing blue and shooting out sparks of energy. The next day, he goes into the forest with some electronics and learns how to control his powers at a basic level, although he still doesn't have much control. At school that day, Sophia invites him on a date. I thought she was inviting him on. She just says, she says the name of the restaurant. And somehow Max knows that that means the following day at this specific time. (laughs) Um, so he goes home, he Googles himself, he types into Google, what am I? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. He Googles, why do I have electricity or energy coming out of my fingers? Why do I? I love it when movies use Google as character development or to like illustrate a plot point. It's like, why would you Google that? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I feel like it's better than him, like the classic, I'm going to call my science teacher and ask him. Oh, God, yeah. Because he very well could have, I knew your father. He also had electric energy coming out of his pee hole. Don't ask me how I know. (laughs) Industry secret. (laughs) Uh, um, So, all right. He goes, uh, he Googles himself. He asks his mom about his dad. She's evasive. (laughs) 
are you laughing at the Tracy Jordan's implications? <laughs> of Tracy Jordan, exactly. yeah. hey, I love lemon. That. Let me use your computer so I can Google myself. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. Is it okay if I use your computer? How else would you do it? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the next day, he meets Sophia for some boba tea. He does not like boba tea, the one thing which Max Steele and I have in common. <laughs> it's his kryptonite. You don't like the chewiness of the pearls? I do not like the, the balls, no. Um, so... I, I I like this moment because this was like one of the only moments where they felt like real human beings. Yeah. He yeah. emotes like Building. two whole times in this entire movie. And this scene where he's laughing at the awkwardness of him not liking Boba. Yeah. And then at the end when it's zoomed in on his face like Iron Man and he screams. Oh my God, that. Yeah, let's let's be clear. This lead actor has all the charisma of Boba T. <laughs> like he is not... Hey, Boba T has bubbles in it. That's <laughs> this man true. Is without any balls or bubbles. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry, Sorry guy. At me, Max Steele. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> so they flirt. He begins to emit power. So he freaks out and runs into the woods where energy explodes out of him just as he blacks out. Uh, he, so we're led to believe later just because we're not going to really come back to this scene. He would have killed everybody <laughs> yeah. if he had exploded It would have been like a there. thermonuclear device going off, basically. Like, his mom has no idea that this is a thing. Like, hey, you should look out. You, you may explode yeah. if you are excited. But I'm so confused why his powers started coming out at this point. Well, like, puberty, they, they've used that in other movies. Puberty, but this dude is clearly 25 years old and still well, in high and, school. And and not so much just the age of the actor. Like, it, it didn't happen at any point before they moved back to their hometown. Is there something special right. about the hometown? Right, is like, there, they didn't... Is Dad's spaceship there, maybe? They, they, is it Steel? They, I, as, I have to assume it's his proximity to Steel, but they never, ever actually explain that. Yeah. Um, so, all right, he wakes up in his own bed. We have no idea how he got there. Did Steel fly him there? Did he get there under his own powers? He just blacks out in the forest and wakes up in bed. Oh, well, we see he has burns all over his shirt, and he has an X on his chest. Yeah. So we're like, I have... believe that Steel put the suit on him and flew him there in the suit. Okay. Um, wasn't the, wasn't it almost an M shape? Oh, uh, it, oh it is kind of almost an M shape, isn't it? For for Max Steel. And that yeah. that was a thing from the the cartoon that mm. I saw. Um, Steel would form kind of an M shape in his chest. Okay. Um, for for McCarth or McGrath. McGrath. <laughs> um. So all right. Uh. Yeah. He has burn marks. He meets Steel, who's a little kind of like. Drone-like looking alien that has amnesia. Um, Well-polished CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time this character is on screen, it was believable. Yeah, he looks good. The CGI for the the, for Steel looked good. I'll give him that. Um, They have a symbiotic connection. Max emits energy. Steel absorbs it. He keeps Steel hidden from his mom by shoving him in the hamper, and we get a dirty clothes joke. 
Steele tells Max that he eats the energy Max emits. <laughs> That's not the only thing he eats that Max emits. <laughs> so shit gets freaky. <laughs> um, if if he did, okay, I, I would have loved to have him be a pair of briefs instead of like a chest harness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If he doesn't, then Max going Max is going to overload and explode. This seems like a not a good evolutionary does. Like, like, not a good design evolutionarily for this species to admit so much energy, you're going to explode unless this other species comes over and eats it from you. Well, yeah, and it seems like uh, we don't know, but Max's dad may not. He may be unique. He may be unlike all of his uh, brothers and sisters in the Tachyon people race. Yeah, well, he's like a mutant, is what I assume. Well, yeah, because there's only one of Steel. Right, it steals the only inter- interlink, no ultralink that that is like this. All the other ultralinks are mean and don't connect to anybody. So, are they mean though? They seem pretty they mean. Be, they could be like caring, loving parents, just doing their jobs. But why? Know? Like, why do they want to show up and destroy this place? Why do they want to destroy Max's debt? Like, we don't get their an ultralink's got to feed his family, man. It's just, they're just doing their job. Alien motivations are beyond us, yeah. and they're not clearly there. There was no reason, right? They weren't like using the Earth for its. They gave us no motivation for the lava. aliens, and we barely got Andy Garcia's motivation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Um. They go to school, but on the way, they're found and chased by a group of armed men who shoot at them. Um. They flee and are chased. Um. During. Their flight, Steele remembers something about the night Max's dad was killed, and he's able to transmit the memory into Max's head. They go to school, where Max hides. They, him and Steele bond. Steele tells Max about an evil race of aliens called Ultralinks that will come and just try to destroy them for unknown reasons. His dad was killed by an Ultralink, which took the shape of a tornado. Max and Steel break into the abandoned Entech facility where Steel teaches Max how they can work together to harness his energy, effectively giving him superpowers like running and jumping and shooting energy. The energy is called turbo energy. Yep. Hey, I, I have a question about those goons. Yes. Uh, these are the most fair weather goons in the history of goonery. Yes. And also, like... Like, like, they, don't they know this kid's going to explode also? They act like they're from the CIA, but they're they're from a science company. Yeah. Like, or they're like a security agency that was hired by the secu- by the science company. Like, yeah, but, but like, like you, you, you think you'd know, like, don't shoot the kid. Also, he has an alien. That shit will explode. And also, like, we're a security <laughs> company. We can't just drive around in black SUVs shooting people willy nilly. This like someone's gonna notice that and not like it. It's 2016. There's cameras. There's like, yeah. They had uh, they had Copper Canyon removed from any maps, so they could do whatever they want there. Uh, so um, Max decides to go talk to Miles. He and Steel get on his bike and ride, <laughs> but they're soon found. <laughs> Thank you. They're soon found. <laughs> By, by the armed men, um, they evade. This, this was an homage to ET, yeah. right? I mean, this it was like, like it. clearly 
an homage to E.T. I kept waiting for the bike to fly mm. as he would like come totally. down another another hill and be like, oh, no, more bad guys. And there was the line of bad guys. Yeah. Like, didn't they? Did they end up flying over? I don't even remember. Not at this in point, this. I was no, no, they didn't out. fly at all on the bike. Um, so they run into Sophia, who's annoyed at Max, but still agrees to give him a ride to Entech. On the way, Sophia's like, this cute boy with clear mental issues is somebody that I should hook up with. Um, they, why is she going to see Andy Garcia with him? Why? <laughs> Live well, and then when they get there and Max freaks out and runs away, he's like, you should take care of him. It's like, wow, this is some real misogynistic, like, like bad, bad. Like, this girl exists only to serve Max. Yep. Uh, she will make a great wife one day to our hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, so dumb. Yeah, it was it was real bad. This didn't even come slightly close to passing the Bechdel test. Not even slightly. There were two female characters. They speak once, and it's only about Max. Yep. Um. So, uh, let's see. The she forgives him for leaving their date so suddenly. They arrive at Entech. Miles tells Max that his dad was working on creating a source of unlimited power and tells him that he died because he was, like, not following OSHA rules or something. <laughs> he left the radio plugged in while he showered. That was reckless. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max begins to have a power surge, so he just runs out into the woods. Constantly, this kid, there's scene after scene after scene of this kid freaking out and just running through the woods. Oh, <laughs> right. well, we'll get to running in a little bit, too. Oh, uh, my God. This is Batman and, or Superman and the Mole Man all over again at one point. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. Um, so he apparently runs until nighttime, at which point he's attacked by a tornado. He's like, no sleep till Brooklyn. He runs from the middle of the afternoon until night through the woods, then gets attacked by a tornado in a train yard. That's... Is he trying to burn off tachyon energy by running? Is I that don't what's know. happening? And or is he just having a panic attack? And Steel is like nowhere around until the Ultralink shows up, then Steel just pops in out of nowhere. Um, do you think Steel was just like flying above? Like, how long do you think he can run for? <laughs> I mean, like, this kid can really run. He should join track. He's, yeah, he's really he's really got some endurance here. Um, so then Steel shows up. They link up, creating a suit of armor around Max. They defeat the Ultra Link, which turns out to be an alien that's identical to Steel. <laughs> they share another memory in which it appears that Steel betrayed and murdered his father. <sighs> Uh, Max, in his anger, tells Steel to leave him alone. And Max runs through the woods some more. <laughs> he goes home. His mom's not there, and he assumes she's missing because she's not at home. He called, She left him a note on the fridge. That's I went out for groceries, but that was earlier that morning. She's, like, still not there, I guess. And then later on, yeah. she is, and we don't know where she, like, that's never answered where she was or anything. Also, it's 2008 or 9, no, right? 2016. Oh, it's 2016. Yes, it's 2016. These people all have cell phones. Yeah. They do, but he can't. Yes. They they conveniently get his cell phone out of the way by making him like short it out every time he touches it. 
That's right. He can't touch a cell phone. Yeah. Um, unless he's wearing rubber gloves. But anyways. Which I wish we got more shots of him in the rubber gloves, man. That made me laugh. Yeah, That's, that was funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he calls Miles, who tells him he knows about the Ultralinks. The men who... That the evil men kidnapped his mom and have taken her to the abandoned Entech facility. The, the science mill. The science mill? Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sophia calls Max's house, talks to his mom, telling him that they saw Miles that day. Turns out the armed men are there with Max's mom. She's the majority shareholder of Entech. And she realizes <laughs> that Miles ordered them to kill Steel. And she's like, you work for me now. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? I guess. <laughs> and they're like, yes, ma'am. So she tells them to go find Max and bring him back safely. Do you think she could have done that with the Ultralinks, too? I don't know. <laughs> I'm the majority shareholder here on Earth. The Ultralinks are like, me, no. oh, sh- oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Can't go against the shareholders. Yeah, this is a capitalist society. An intergalactic <laughs> capitalist society. <laughs> uh, we represent the Trade Federation. Um, <laughs> so at the Entech facility, Max finds Steel being held captive. How did that happen? We never saw that. Like, how? How did he capture Steel and put him there? We never saw any of this on screen. He used one of those uh, boxes with a stick. And, like, put a little tacky on inside the box. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And he knocks over the box if he goes in there. Yeah. Yep. But then also, like, and it's never explained why Steel, like, is asleep and then wakes up suddenly and joins with Max for no apparent reason. Yeah. I don't know. So we discover that um, he has a flashback. He sees that Steel and his dad were betrayed by Miles, who was working with the Ultralinks. Miles plans on draining Max's dad, but he overloads the core, destroying the Ultralinks and stopping Miles' plan. Steel goes into stasis, ordered to sleep until he can find Max. <laughs> um, after the vision, Miles shows up behind Max. He has a big suit of armor on that can drain Max of his turbo energy. <laughs> he tells him, <laughs> this is the big reveal. He's revealed, your father was an alien, Max. That's how we find out. He, Andy Garcia just tells him, and you're yeah. half alien. <laughs> well, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you wonder, like, are you human? Why are you wearing that suit? Where did you get that? He built you it. You look like an alien. He tells Max he built the suit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ma- they fight. Steel wakes up. He and Max works, work together, forming the armor. The men his mom sent show up. They accomplish nothing. And run away. Then Max and Steel are nearly defeated by Miles, but at the last moment, they overload Miles' suit with the energy it's absorbing, and Miles explodes. Your father developed a way to harness energy. We have that already. Yeah, but also, like, his dad just emits this energy, but he was building a big battery thing. Was he supposed to stand there and hold it all day long, filling it with energy? (laughs) In the aftermath, his mom finds them, reveals she already knows Steel, and she married an alien. Sometime later, at home, 
His mom reveals that they moved around Max's whole life to protect him from the Ultralinks finding him. Miles suggested they come back to Copper Canyon to keep an eye on him to see if he develops alien powers. She gives Max a necklace that was from his dad, and then he uses it to look at a star map that Steel generates to find his home planet. He goes back to Steel's house, or to Sophia's house, to return her car and apologizes to her for acting erratically. He promises to tell her everything. They kiss. He and Steel leave. They suit up and fly off into the sunset. Roll credits. How did he get her car? Because he was running around the whole back half of this movie. We don't see him driving the car without her. No, no, he did. He went to her house and asked to borrow her car, and she gave him the keys, and then we did see him drive it. Oh, okay. Um, Only watching this twice did I notice all this, because the first time I was so hard to pay attention. It's, yeah, it's a painful, challenging film. It is not fun. It is, it is not, it's, it's not so bad it's fun. It's so bad it's hard to watch. It's, it's, it's like I found cats to be. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not even fun to watch for being bad. So, that's the whole movie. This was real fast. (laughs) We went through this real fast because hardly anything happened. And they went through the, like, the whole movie takes place over like two days. It's real fast. There's not a lot going on. They do like four things. Well, and the, the majority of it is the tropes that we all know and are familiar with. You know, the superhero tropes. Have well, every, and single, every single one they did. 20 minutes is of him running through the forest. Exactly. <laughs> In an hour and a half movie, 20 minutes is him running through woods. I know that I've passed out in the woods before and then woke up in my bed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I saw a lot of uh, a lot of this kid's teeth <laughs> yeah. throughout when he's when he's in the the Iron Man perspective, uh huh, right in the suit. It was just a lot of him like gr- grinding his teeth, yeah, and being like, <laughs> too much teeth, yeah, yeah. The kid wasn't good, the movie wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it was the toys bad. weren't good. Yeah, uh, yeah. The toys look terrible too. By the way, they don't look like fun, interesting toys. They look like pretty generic. Both lines. The original line looks like pretty generic. Um, like like the Mego action figures. Yeah, and the second the second series looks like pretty generic. Like like day glow action suit stuff. Like generic as fuck. This whole thing. So, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about this. My unanswered questions, we kind of got to... The whole movie's an unanswered question. Yeah. How much money is Mattel going to pay us now? (laughs) Less than they were at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We owe them money now. We do. I don't know. Do you think they were imagining a sequel or a franchise? Oh, 100% they wanted this to be a franchise. Because Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. This has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, and deservedly so. It has 48% from the audience reviews, and I <laughs> sorted by 10 stars and just read a few of those, and oh my lord, people love this movie. Weird. It is real weird. There's something for everybody out there. Yep. Hey, if you love this movie, then good on you. I, I don't want to take that away from you, just because I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly didn't. Yeah. So, 
Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. You guys just want to rank it and move on. Yeah. Um, before we rank it, um, I came to a realization the other day. You know, so I always seem like I don't really care about the rankings and that, you know. It's gonna, but I finally decided what my own criteria is. And it's based on back in the day when we had basic cable and remote controls. But I just look at the movie and I ask myself if I was like just hopping through channels and I saw that movie, would I stop and watch it mm. or would I keep clicking? Uh, so now I have a different perspective. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's Thanks, that's guys. a good way to look at it. So. Mine is would I buy the toy? That's not bad. <laughs> So, all right. I've got us here at the bottom of the list. I think we can all agree <laughs> that's a good place to start at. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like a step up from all superheroes must die. I definitely don't but... think it's that bad. I think it's not super capers bad. I don't think it's crow wicked prayer bad. Uh, I I think that this is crow wicked prayer bad. Okay. Andy Garcia made me think of Dennis Hopper. Ooh. In that movie, mm -hmm. he's better. A little bit. His performance is a little bit better. I mean, Quest for Peace, Fan Force. I, I feel like it's with it. I, I personally would put it in the Jonah Hex Fan Forstick area myself. Yeah. That's my own. Yeah. It's it's above Son of the Mask. Because there's like yeah. a basic level of like, of like, Son of the Mask was nearly unbearable to watch for me. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and Quest for Peace also is just poorly shot and edited yeah. and looks bad. This has this at least had a basic level of filmmaking competence to it. Um it's funny uh, uh our executive producer Michael Beckwith was uh mentioning in our Discord chat um which uh anybody who's a patron please join the Discord chat it gets lonely in there. Um uh that uh he listened to the Superman 4 episode the other day. And we were talking, we ranked it last at the time when it came out. Yeah. Um, and we were wondering if we would ever find a movie that was worse than it. <laughs> <laughs> and we we clearly found a number that were, what, uh, we got five that we ranked below it since. It's hard to beat <laughs> all superheroes must die, though. That was uh, profoundly yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's in the fan four stick Jonah Hex area. That's my own personal take. I don't know what you guys think. I think the fan four stick was somehow more fun than this movie. Likewise, Jonah Hex, more fun. Agreed. De yeah. Definitely Jonah Hex agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Fan yeah. four stick, I, could, I can see that argument. At least, at least Josh Trank was trying to do something in fan four stick, even if he wasn't allowed to in the end. Yeah. I don't know. I would put it. I'm thinking between Fan Four Stick and uh, uh, Superman Four. Okay. All right. That's Al's All right. Josh. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. All right. Do it. Let's do it. We will put it there. Number one fourteen out of one hundred and twenty. That's where Max Steel belongs. Mm -hmm. um, which means we are done with uh, this movie. That was. That was quick. That was a. Uh... Is this about to be our shortest podcast ever? No, no, no. Um, our first episode was fifty minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a movie full of running through backlots. Yeah. Yep. Just run, run, running. Yeah. So um, that means it's time to move on. Next week, 
on Harmless Phosphorescence, we will be watching Doctor Strange. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's going to be a step up from Max Steele. Um, so uh, thank you all for hanging out with us on Harmless Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Thro Smiley. I'm going to go Google myself. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and that boba really tied the room together. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and uh, we must avoid the claw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go blow some stuff up in the woods. Appliances, mostly. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.